Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. You're able to live at peace with your mist, in your mist and around your mist, because you made a decision just to do what God told you to do. With Pastor Jay Petty. In other words, the measures to which he's speaking to are spiritual measures that begin to change and transform your heart and your life. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. But we have ability to expand our love for everyone expand our love to everyone because if we don't do that how are we going to reach across the borders of our lives and touch someone else's life now let's join pastor jay petty for this week's sunday sermon forgiveness is about us and it's about separating us and bringing healing to us from what happened or who did it or whatever it was the problem is in unforgiveness is what happens we become bitter and resentful and angry and vengeful and generally if someone really hurt us we avoid them like the plague it's like when you walk into walmart and you see them you go down another oh, i don't want to talk to that person no way you know i'm not doing that and uh, so what it tells you is that is that you're allowing what happened to emotionally affect you and rob you of your own peace and joy. And you should never do that. See, forgiveness is such a powerful thing in the fact of what we give away. But what it does is it releases us. It releases us from whatever happened. Does it mean that uh, uh, you have to trust them again? No, trust is a different issue. If someone breaks faith with you, it's not for you to fix it, it's for them to fix it. If they want to rebuild and fix a relationship, then it's up to them to come back and rebuild their trust and their relationship with you. It's not for you to open your door, okay, just come right on and step on me again. See, that, we, get, we get words messed up when we think about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice of will. As the Father says, forgive. And, 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 and what it means is that it, you have that power to do that as a human being. In Matthew 6, 12, it says, forgive us of our debts and forgive us of our debtors. In other words, those who have offended us and those we have offended. Those that we have sinned against, those that have sinned against us. Father, forgive them. Forgive us. Forgive them. And do not lead us in temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father aha, will also forgive you. In other words, if you're holding, here's what happens inside of you when you're holding. It becomes like a dam inside of you. And what, that, and what it is, it is filled with all this negative feelings and emotions about whatever happened. And it has you captured. And it's, 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 it torments you is what it does. You may say, well, it doesn't torment me all the time, but it torments you every time you see that person. So you, you're getting ready to go to, to your family's house, and there's someone in your family that, you know, you, you feel like you're walking eggshells. Come on, don't tell me you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the point is, is that, is that 
That's, that's what I'm speaking to. It's got you. And it's got a dam inside of you. And it can't, it can't, what God wants to do in you can't happen. The healing process of your heart that God wants to heal can't happen. Why? Because you're, you're all filled up with this unforgiveness in your heart towards that person. See, it's better to walk in someplace and you just say, Lord, I'll just let it go. I forgive. You got joy in your heart. And you just walk in and you feel good. See, you're able to feel good. You're able to not remember those things. You're able to live at peace with your mist, in your mist and around your mist, because you made a decision just to do what God told you to do. Inside of the church, the most important thing for any believer is to understand that you are going to be offended. If you think you're not, believe me, I'll tell you, you will be. Sometimes it's meant and sometimes it's not meant. But either way, it doesn't really matter. So the choice is on your part. What do I do with it? When it comes to my door, what do I do with this thing? I make a choice to say, okay, God, I forgive them. I forgive them. And Lord, I'm just going to give that to you. I'm just going to give it to you. And that's what he's saying. That your Heavenly Father will forgive you. Your trespasses. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive you of your trespasses. Ooh, comes to our door, Donna. See, we think it's not that somebody didn't do us wrong. They may have really done us wrong. See, and we may feel justified in holding against them. The only person that you're punishing in that is you. I know that's hard to understand, but the only person that's being punished by that is you. The other person's all happy, go lucky. They're just moving around doing their own thing. I mean, they're hanging out with everybody and having a good day. And the person who's not is you. Why? Because you're holding against them. Anybody in here perfect? No. Come on, raise your hand. Anybody ever in here ever make a mistake? Anybody in here ever said something they wish they shouldn't have? Oh yeah, man. Well, I tell you, we can eat it. We can eat it there, can't we? What it's saying, what it's saying, and here's the other part about it: we don't always know what somebody else is going through when they say something or do something. We just don't. Who knows? Maybe they're, maybe someone just ripped off their car. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Punctured their tires. I don't know. You really don't know why they're, they, they do the things they do. I think Jesus put it best. They, they know not what they do. They know not what they do. And many times, even when they're doing something, they don't realize the effect of what they're saying or the actions of which they're taking. They don't understand what it's doing to someone else. And because of that, we live in this world where we, we, right now we live in chaos. We set ourselves against one another. We divide what God is trying to unite. 
We tear down what God's trying to build up. In a sense, that's really where it comes to. And it comes because we feel like someone trespassed us. That's all. Wow. When you're, when you're a little kid, someone trespassed you. You know what you did? You might have got mad, you know. But you know what happened? You got over it real quick. And you still played together. And you still built really. What happens when we become grown up? You can't do that to me. <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> really, what it is is pride. It jumps up there. And it gets right in the middle of our face. And we're saying, you can't, you can't do that to me. You can't say that to me. You can't treat me that way. You, your actions towards me, you can't do that. And so what we do is we, we remember it. There's some people that hold on to stuff that was 25 years ago. Why? It's not worth it. Forgiving love is something very powerful. Now, this is the love of God. This, this love I'm speaking to. It is a action of benevolence. They don't deserve it, but it's okay, Lord. I'm going to give it to them anyway. Matthew 18, 21 says, And Peter came to him saying, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven. I do not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. Isn't it amazing that what he's really saying is that I don't care how many times someone hurts you or wounds you or offends you. I don't care how often it happens. Forgive. Make that choice to forgive. Look, I'm not saying you have to trust them. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying forgive them. You know, you're not going to, you, you can't trust a snake, I'm sorry. Special rattlesnake. Now you reach out and try to grab that rattlesnake, he's going to bite you. See? Sometimes it's just not good to trust. But it's always good to forgive. Always good to forgive. Always good to let it go. It's always good to be at peace of mind and heart. It's always good to feel the joy of the Lord no matter where you go. It's always good. Always. See, and so uh, that's what Jesus is saying to them. And, and, and he uses the, the illustration of the, the king that went to settle his accounts. And this guy owed him unbelievable amounts of money that he could never pay back. Who knows, 50 years worth of wages. I don't know how many it was. But the point was it was more than he had and it was more than he could repay. And, that, and he said, I want my money. Oh, isn't that terrible? We don't want to hear that word. I want my money. <laughs> That's what Paul says every time he works on a car. I want my money. Oh. 
And uh, he's and the guy says, I, 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 I don't have it. Please give me time. Give me time. Please, please give me. And he says, you're going to have to go to debtor's prison until you pay it off. He, there's no way he could have paid it off. So he said to the servant, okay, you know, I just forgive you. I just forgive you. So the guy walks out of his house, I mean, out of the presence of the king, and he goes down the street. He finds this guy over here that only has two nickels he can rub together, and he grabs him in by the neck, and he says, I want my $10. All he's got is two nickels. I want my $10. Wow, he forgot about what someone else did for him. And so he says, I'm throwing you into prison, dude. You and your family until everything that that 10 bucks is paid for. And so the, one of the servants of the king heard what this guy had done, so he pulled him back in. He said to him, listen, dude, I forgave you of everything you me. There's no way you could repay me. There's no way that you could repay me. And yet, this guy owed you nothing? And you threw him and his family in prison? And he said to him, I'm sending you to the tormentors until everything is paid for. Now, the tormentors, you'd think on a rack, right? And they're pulling you back and stretching you out and doing all that's not what it means. The tormentors is the tormentors that are in you. The inability to forgive someone else causes it to be in you and torments you. It torments you so badly sometimes that, uh, that you have anger and you live in this story over and over about what they did, what happened, blah, blah, blah. And anyone who will listen to you will listen to that story. They'll listen to what you're saying. But you tell the story, every aspect of that story, over. And when you finish, you start over again. And you go to the next person, and you tell them. And they can feel all the negativity, and all the anger, and all the resentment, and all the bitterness that's in you. And it's just coming out of you, simply because you are being tormented, because you didn't make a choice to forgive somebody else a debt that they could not pay. That's tough. That's really tough. But see, you're miserable. You're angry. That's what happens with it. Luke 37, that 6.37 says, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Condemn not, lest ye be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Jesus, uh, uh, forgiven, give, and it shall be given to you in good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So everybody thinks it's about money. It's not. It's about forgiveness. 
As we give forgiveness, it comes back to us. And what he says, that it begins to multiply in us. It's the bosom here is, is you take this great big old thing. You know, they, you know what they wore in those days. They had these dresses. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever it was. And, and they would hold it up like this. And, he's, and he said it will come back and it will fill that bosom. It will overabound in your life. In other words, the measures to which he's speaking to are spiritual measures that begin to change and transform your heart and your life. It begins to multiply in peace and in joy. It begins to multiply in the things of God in you when you release the stuff. I was thinking about this the other night. I was laying in bed about judgment. It's nothing more than an opinion. What I mean by it's nothing more than an opinion is based upon your experiences and what you think and what you think you believe. And they're not doing it the way I think they should do it. They're not living the way I think they should be living. They're not acting the way I think they should be acting. They're, we go on and we make this judgment call and therefore we produce condemnation over them. In other words, you're condemned, dude, because your hair don't look like mine. Oh, maybe it does. <laughs> I'd do that too if I had one. But the truth is, is that that's what we do to ourselves. We begin to say, you're not doing it my way. You're not doing it based on my experiences. You're not doing it based on the things that I understand. And therefore, you're just an idiot. I should, should I? We make judgments. I was watching this movie of, uh, of the shack, and part of it is this guy has to be a judge because he's judging God. He's telling God he shouldn't have done this, and he's mad at God for this and that, blah, blah, blah. So they get to this place uh, under this angel wisdom, and there she's, and she says, "Okay, we need to change places. You need to come up here and sit down." He says, "What is it?" He says, "That that this is the judgment seat, since you're the great judge." And as the story goes on, you know, she he says, "Well, you, you have to judge who will and who won't." He said, "I'm not going to do that." And he says, "But you already do." You're basing what you think based on your experience and what you think you believe. And here you are judging God out of your own understanding of what you think happened. Because he's saying, he's saying to God, you know, you could have prevented this. You could do this. You could do that. Blah, 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 blah. In fact, to a point of anger. Anybody ever been mad at God? Aha. Ever put your finger at him and say, it's your fault. But when he had to start judging his own children, he couldn't do it. But she says, you have, to, you have to condemn one of them. He says, I can't do that. Then he finally said, I'll take their place. And then he began to understand 
That's what his son did for us. He took our place. See, God is a benevolent God. He loves everyone the same. Sin or sinner. Saint or almost saint. God is a benevolent God in the fact that he doesn't trust, trespass his own character, his own person. He just doesn't do that. And so how can you let evil? Because God gave you a freedom of will. When people do evil things, it's because they choose to do it. Not because, it's not because God somehow automatically became this guy that's going to do this one amazing thing and prevent it from happening. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. Never has worked that way. But we blame God when bad things happen. We give him no glory when good things happen. We blame him when bad things happen. It's your fault. Why'd you let this happen? How come you weren't there? Sometimes we have to let God off the hook too. The point is about all of this is that we really don't have a right to judge any person's life. Even though we, we may want to. Judge not, lest ye be judged. By the same measure that you judge someone else, you will be judged back. Have you noticed that? We, we, we judge someone, and then somebody judges us. Really, that's how it works. may not be the same person, but it'll be somebody else who will come back, and they'll point clearly out to us our own judgment. And so... The whole thing about relationships, you cannot be inside of a relationship with anyone if you're going to be judging and condemning what they're doing or trying to control them. You have to operate in a benevolent relationship with them, allowing them to be who they are, allowing them to be what they are, just loving them for where they are, no matter who they are. Wow, the whole world would change a lot. If we just did that inside the church. I'll never finish this message, so who knows. I thought I had really had this planned out good. But anyway, in Luke 23, 33, it says, And when they had come to the place called Golgotha, there they crucified him. And the criminals, the one on the right hand and the other was on the left. And Jesus said, Forgive them, for they do, they do not know what they do. This is what they're doing to him after what he went through. This, this is Jesus on the cross saying, Lord, forgive them, because they don't understand what they're doing to me. They don't understand what they've done. Isn't it amazing that the world sees everything through its own paradigm? And if you don't live inside of the paradigm of what they believe, you're on the outside. And it's amazing is that, that we're supposed to be bigger than that as Christians. Really, we are. I don't say that we have to accept everything that everyone does. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to be, have the ability to expand our love for everyone. Expand our love to everyone. Because if we don't do that, how are we going to reach across the borders of our lives and touch someone else's life? I can sit there and point all, all your wrongs out, but how is that going to relate to our relationship? 
you're going to hate me. And you're going to say to me, dude, what right do you have to talk to me that way? What right do you have to say that to me? You know, blah, blah, blah. Right? In other words, we offend. We offend. I learned a long time ago. I'll say this about my wife. There are certain things I do not transgress. Because I like living in a peaceful house. <laughs> no, I just learned well. <laughs> you know, uh, which would you rather have? Pots and pans going through the kitchen or just a nice peaceful place to dwell out, hang out? <laughs> See, but Jesus made a decision after everything they had done to him. To forgive them. Hey man, there were all kinds of people. There were Romans there. There were Sanhedrin. There were the Pharisees. They were just regular folk. And they're all saying, crucify him, crucify him. Nail him to the cross. <coughs> Beat him, whip him, tear him down. Destroy this man. After all that he went through. All the rejection that he went through. I mean, he could have gone, I'm God, I'm not doing this no more. Zip, 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 zip. But he didn't do that, did he? You think he couldn't have just spoken, someone died? I'm telling you, it could have happened. If that's what, it, if, if he had decided to do that, that's what would have happened. Because what he was, he could have done it. He raised the dead. He can make them dead as well as raising them from the dead. But you see, he came to be an, uh, uh, an example to how we, as the people of God, should walk our lives out. How we should live our lives and our relationships with one another. We have to make a choice to forgive someone just as he did. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them for their actions. Forgive them for what they did to me. Forgive them for the way they treated me. Forgive them for the way they treated you. Forgive them for their unbelief and their, uh, their denial of all of this, Lord. Forgive them. Choice of will. Choice of will. He chose to do that. He chose to make that decision. And when he did, Say, wow, change the world. How many of you could be hanging on a cross with nails through your wrists and through your feet? Got blood running down your face. Your beard's been pulled out. You're bruised in your face because they beat you with their fist. They're still mocking him. They said, oh, if he is the son of God, he can make yourself. You know, if he could do this for us, why can't he do it for himself? Well, look at this guy. He's, he's a fake. And yet in all of that, he had the power to make a decision to not allow anything that had happened to him to remain in his heart before he went to the Father. I'll read the rest of it. They, immediately they divided up his clothes and cast lots for them. Hey, I got a six, double six, double six, seven. And the people stood looking on. 
when the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ, the chosen of God. See, it was a mockery. It didn't quite come out as calmly as I said it. He, they said it in a sneer, deceitful, ugly way. Ha, you're so much like just pull yourself off that cross, dude. Because you're not. And the soldiers also mocked him, saying, uh, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourselves. And still yet, everything that they did to him, he let it go. If you're going to build a house, if you're a builder, you know that everything has to be in its right place. Everything in a wall has to be weight-bearing, has to have the ability to hold the capacity of the weight that's going on it. We're that house. We're stones, as the scripture says, living stones built into a temple of God where the Spirit of God dwells in the midst of. That's us. We're those stones. We're those people to reflect the love and the glory of God. You know, it's easy to say, I love you but it's harder to show it. It's easier to say, well, you know, I'm just, count, I'm just cutting that person out of my life. I've said it, instead of saying, Lord, I forgive them. And I'm going to be benevolent towards them. And I'm still going to have kind acts and charitable acts, even though, Lord God, they don't deserve it. Amazing, isn't it? You know what Jesus did? People will do almost anything sometimes to get what they want. No matter who they are. But benevolence looks past that. Looks beyond that. All it sees is that this is what God is. This is who God is. This is God's love. I'm going to end with this. Eh, never got to that part. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. All of us have the same God in us. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have Jesus in you. You have the fruit of God, <coughs> the Spirit in you. You have God's love poured out in you. And amazing is that what Jesus said, just love each other. Love your neighbors. 
That was a common word, but, but really what he's saying is to love everyone. He says, when this love exists in our midst towards one another, one of the unique things is, is that everyone around knows what's in you and who you are. You can tell when a man and woman love each other because they hang out together, they do things together, they laugh together, they cook together maybe, they, you know, all the things that they do. They're, they're in union with one another, united together. And even if one of them says something or does something that might affect the other one, it's amazing that in a relationship how they forgive each other so they can stay in that union with one another. And marriage, when you don't do that, your marriage begins to drift and fall apart. And the further it goes, the worse it gets. The body of Christ is no different. We don't see it because we don't want to see it. Is it our need for one another? Our uniqueness to one another, our union with one another, our ability to help one another, to build one another, to strengthen one another, to lift one another, to encourage one another, to become a, a, a group of people who are bonded in a spirit of unity and oneness. And that's what Jesus was saying. This is what Jesus was saying. This is my commandment I give to you, uh, a new commandment, is to love one another. In other words, don't judge, don't condemn, don't opinionate, don't do any of those things, but be benevolent in our relationship towards one another. In other words, be charitable. If someone messes up, then they messed up. Love them anyway. Encourage them anyway. Strengthen them anyway. Draw them back to where they need to be anyway in love, in kindness. Also in gentleness. You're gentle. He's my example this morning. <laughs> Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And there is nothing in him to make him stumble. That says a lot in that little word. What makes us stumble? Is all the things I've been talking about this morning. They make us stumble in our relationship with one another. You know, it doesn't really matter if you're a social butterfly or not. Estelle's a social butterfly. She can go anywhere. Blah, blah, blah. Chad's a social butterfly. Blah, blah, blah. My nephew back there is really a social butterfly. Blah, 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 blah. Amazing. People who have this ability to just boop, 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 make everybody laugh and feel good. They're very much a necessity to the body. Why? Because they have the power to encourage. They have the power to make people feel wanted and needed. They have the power to strengthen. But even us who are more introverted, quiet, we do too. We have that ability. We're able to go to one person and, that we see struggling and we're able to have compassion for them and speak to them and encourage them and strengthen them. 
That's what God wants. God wants a church that's united and build and being built up in the things of God. Why? Because we need each other. We need each other more than we realize how much we need each other. We need to break through the barriers of our own selves and move forward into, into building what God is trying to build in us. A kingdom, a kingdom of power, a kingdom of His Son, a kingdom that endures forever, a kingdom in the earth. That kingdom is in us, and that kingdom is not only in us, but that kingdom, when it unifies with itself, becomes greater and more powerful. So there's nobody in here who should ever think that you have no part in what God wants or needs. He loves you. He's chosen you. He saved you. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.